What is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Ada Group Factory in downtown Manhattan. And for the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to check in with people from around the maker, hacker, engineering community, see what they're up to, what are they crafting and 3D printing and soldering and coding and more. It's going to be super fun. We got a whole bunch of Adafruit peeps. They're going to give us an update on what kind of creative stuff they're doing. Also, yeah, also, for a yeah, like, wait, well, that didn't work. Yeah, no, it'll 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 work. Okay. And um, just wanted to welcome everybody here. If you've probably seen here at Adafruit in our community, we're a bunch of interesting inclusive, diverse folks. So happy Pride Month. Welcome to the show and tell. And we'll have more on Ask an Engineer on our blog all throughout okay. the month of June. So first let's kick up, it. let's start with Scott. Scott. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing pretty good here. Uh, it's been pretty nice weather this week in Seattle, so it's nice. Uh, one thing I was playing around with yesterday is um, in, in CircuitPython, if we have a display on a board, what we'll do is we'll show the serial output on the display by default. Uh, the goal of that being to show error messages and stuff. Um, however, I was curious and thinking about adding support to that for emojis, uh, specifically so that we can tweak the way that the terminal works. Um, so I was playing around with that. And then I also started thinking about whether it works in uh, like one of our more popular languages is Japanese. And so uh, it doesn't work currently in CircuitPython, but I, I made some tweaks and I did get it working. Uh, this won't go in immediately, but I thought it would be cool to show off anyway. You can oh, see cool. here um, that we have the translated Japanese messages uh, kind of mixed in with the US, the English uh, messages that haven't been translated yet. Uh, so this was just me experimenting, like finding a bitmap font that worked and uh, showing it here. And obviously there's some spacing things to fix, um, but that was kind of a neat, it's always neat to support other languages uh, and see that people are using CircuitPython around the world and also uh, ideally support them well too. So playing around with that, not coming immediately, but it is something that's like stewing in my brain. And uh, yeah. this is for cat cam. Also cats. All right, well, thanks so much, Scott. And um, maybe as uh, Tim from Guide does deep dive, as you get further on, and maybe you can hand off a bit of that to, to Tim and Tim can show some of how that works or how folks can yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been meaning to, to, to guest appear on Tim's show. I don't think it makes sense for me to take it back over because I'm gonna take another set of leave. Yeah, um, yeah, be a guest. And, uh, and we might have to switch days and stuff depending on like, when I'm watching the baby and not, but um, yeah, I I intend to do that. It's just like stuff comes up and oh yeah. Uh, so I'll I'll talk with Tim about it and I'll try to get on there at least once before I take leave in cool. August again. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Scott, and uh, mm -hmm. see you around. Thank you. All right, Liz, what you got going on this week? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I've been working with um, Microsoft Azure um, and CircuitPython. So I've got this Feather um, ESP32 S2 TFT, um, and it's uh, connected to a BME688 sensor um, that takes in temperature, humidity, and pressure. Um, so I've got that displayed live on the screen, and that refreshes every like 30 seconds. 
Mm. Um, and then every 15 minutes, I'm sending the data up to Azure. And this is the dashboard I've made um, with some line graphs. I'm also tracking battery life. Um, so you can see this little battery icon on the screen. And then as it goes down, um, the green rectangle shrinks down in Display.io. Um, so that can be a little visual. It also shows you the last time the data was sent with the date and time using the NTP. Uh, so this will be a guide soon, uh, show people how to use Azure with CircuitPython. Right on. Yay. Yeah, what we've heard and seen is like Adafruit, Adafruit IO is meant to be something easy. Uh, we took a lot of the complexity away fast, get your hardware up and running. Um, but we certainly don't want people to run their entire businesses uh, and more off of it. And that's where a lot of folks go from Adafruit IO to Azure. We like working with Microsoft and Microsoft is one of the, the folks who have something uh, we think is pretty good for makers. So expect more types of projects like that, where if you're kind of familiar with Adafruit IO, there might be something that you can migrate to with Azure and with our stuff, our hardware works with everything. And that's one of the cool things and you can keep going back and forth all you want. Okay. Well, thank you so awesome. much. That was a cool project. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good one. No, I'm Pedro. What you got cooking this week? Thanks. Hey folks. Hey, so this week we wanted to show off um, these really cute little displays that we got in the store. It's the uh, 1.9 and the 147. And uh, the 1.9 looks just like that little ornament that we saw uh, earlier in the year where it was a uh, Steam Deck. So I wanted to make like a little um, Nintendo Switch version of that. And the 147 looks like one of that, the, what was it, that retro Simpsons TV that everybody was showing off for a while. Yeah. So that one with the nice little cool rounded corners thought that would make an excellent little TV. So of course we have the little VCR with the antenna yeah. on there. So it's gonna be excellent for like a little diorama or a, you know, what is miniature, uh, uh, miniature like miniature furniture bells. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So really cool for that and uh, all yeah, snap fit together. So if you don't like the TV, like the shape of it, you can take the face off and completely change it to something else. Same thing with Switch. If you want like that Steam Deck, you have like a switchable faces. So like lots of options. Okay. So that's use right. it like a wearable. So yeah, really I, I just like the little ornament. I was like, oh, that's cute. And then we, when we got the super yeah. wide screens, I was like, oh, that would be perfect because it's just like the you know the wide, the ultra wide mm -hmm. um, switch screen. Yeah, yeah. And shout out uh, to you, Lamar, for at, uh, at fixing the GIF code player on this. So this is running on the RP twenty forty. So yeah, um, nice. Using yeah, I just, I, I just cranked on it, and then Liz, of course, helped out as well. It was yeah, a collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, so we're using CircuitPython for the uh, USB mass storage and then Arduino to actually run uh, these chips. And then we have uh, JP in there uh, playing uh, uh, being the Doom guy. <laughs> so I love cool. it. It does, it does, in fact, play Doom. JP kinda. can show the project <laughs> on the project, in the project. Exactly. The project. And then Noah has a prototype of some really Yeah, cool. just real quick. I got a, a lot of cut-off scrap wood pieces, and I was like, what can I do with them? I got a CNC mm. mill. I like working with wood. It's a really nice material. It's eco-friendly and all that. So yeah. I figured, okay, well, we can turn these into uh, Lego-compatible building bricks. So Good these idea. are all wood pieces. Thank you. And the I like hard like part the, they're like Montessori one. compatible uh, Lego. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are compatible with real Lego bricks. I had to make sure it was perfect heights and perfect clearances. So the the fun yeah. thing though that, that I learned was how to do uh, you know two sided milling because you have to flip it to do the studs and then you have yeah. the tubes, right? So what I figured was like, okay, it would be kind of cool if you could use the base plate as the fixturing oh, jig. So it. the idea yeah. is you do the bottom first, okay? And you can snap this in. 
that stays in place. So now it's got this good, you know, yeah. it's not going to pop off when you start drilling into this to do all those studs. So I can just fill this whole base plate now with all of these things and then just run a, a kind of a pattern operation. You could just like mill all of these at the same time. Yeah. And I don't have to kind of waste uh, time and tape having to kind of glue each one of these to the, to the bed. I like I can just it. Use this Smart. thing and then just add this, you know, to the bed. That's really cool because you could do individual like artisanal Lego compatible bricks out of wood. Exactly. You could cut them. You could carve There's them. So you could many them. Exotic wood, look. like purple heart. It's such a fun look, right? And yeah. I'm sure folks got those scraps of wood. Don't throw them out. You can make your little you bricks. Did. And I also want to experiment with like, you know, different shapes. So kind of want to make yeah. like maybe like a heart. This is a 3D printed one. Of course you get 3D printed, but this is, you know, this is plastic. I throw this away yeah. and it's going to take a couple couple years to compose so wood's all nice so that's going to be uh, a project that we're working on we do a learn guide in a video fun yeah yeah, yeah. wood stuff is we'll really nice real careful with the naming building bricks wooden. yeah um yeah <laughs> you yeah. know we know we know yeah but uh, Lee Woods. Lee Woods. yeah I don't know. all right well thanks so much and uh folks should tune into uh three hangouts every wednesday where you can watch all this stuff Come to life before you're out. Yeah, make an Adabot minifig. We got the STLs for that too. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, then, Pedro. Always good stuff. All right, JP, what you got going on this week? Well, first of all, I think I got to learn those grunts that the Doom guy does so I can be like, yeah. We can get a soundboard. Did you do that GIF or who made that GIF up? No, they must have grabbed those videos. I don't remember doing that. You guys grabbed video, didn't you? That's hilarious. That was like a couple frames from me on my show looking. That's right. Uh, our, our team, our team will we use all parts of the video. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I like you're just you're just kind of st standard issue. Like, hey, we gotta Photoshop somebody in. Hey, put JP in. Yeah, better you know. It's a it's a stamper. Uh, yeah. No, no I always use JP. Don't use don't use me. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so uh, something I've been working on and I want to show a little progress on is this idea of using the Feather RP twenty forty with our multi-trellis. So these are uh, four Neo trellis driver boards soldered together. They each have their own I squared C address. Uh, we can plug in over Stemma QT to Stemma, which is super nice. Love that. And uh, now I am working on doing a bi-directional MIDI control. So the idea here is that when you use software, particularly for synthesizers and sequencers, and you use a hardware device to control them, both things, your software and your hardware, need to kind of stay in sync as far as what's lit up. Uh, so in uh, an effort to do this, what I've got is MIDI commands going over one channel from here to the host device. And then uh, when the host device has to turn on a light, it sends a MIDI command on a different channel this way. And those, those are interpreted as a, hey, let's light up one of the trellis buttons. Um, this is just a, a little mini partial demo here where you'll just see um, so I'm, I'm able to light stuff up or not on, on the Neo Trellis. And then when I play back MIDI and sound is going to come out of this, but MIDI is going to light up different LEDs on the Neo Trellis based on the MIDI notes that are playing currently. That's the sound of the Lego police, by the way. No, coming from no. <laughs> no, 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 it's no. a Danish siren. Um, so this is just a visualizer right now for, for MIDI notes playing, which is cool. You could also add color based on other parameters like velocity, which is a thing in, in MIDI messages. Um, but I'm just excited right now to be able to have 
something where both me and the uh, software on the other side, the synth on the other side, are both able to, to control the LEDs. So um, that's something I've been working on that's uh, loads and loads of fun to play with, and you never get bored of just playing Stomp Out the MIDI note, too. That's right. Um, yeah, fun fact, you know, um, just because, uh, you know, folks have been noticing we're doing a lot more projects with the RP2040 Feather. Um, I do love the Feather M4. Uh, it's, it is near and dear to my heart. But the fact is there's a, there's a chip shortage. Um, and so it's very challenging to get SAMD51s. And I want to, one of the things that's so cool is that because we use Arduino and CircuitPython in the Feather format, we can take projects that normally would use the Feather M4 use the RP2040 and with CircuitPython, it just works exactly the same or with Arduino it works exactly the same and yep. the size is the same. And um, that way people can build their projects and they're not stuck. I feel like, you know, there's definitely a lot of people who are like, hey, I have this project that uses, you know, like a teensy or uses a Raspberry yeah. Pi. And it's like, yeah, you might want to find another project. Um, yeah. But we're going to keep we're going to keep the projects going. So, you know, folks are going to see a lot more RP2040, it's it's, uh, it's only because that's a chip that mm -hmm. we can definitely get. Actually, that reminds yep. me, Make is doing their board guide and we just submitted a bunch of uh, uh, boards. I think I'm gonna send an email to them right when I get over to my computer and say, hey, you know, one thing that might be neat is to have actually available for people who are thinking of which board to pick right. or like which ones you can make your- Or risk, or, you know, or like- which, which one is your uh, code gonna be portable with? Because I think that if you're selecting a board for a project or projects now, um, being able to get it and then also being able to get more later is probably uh, a, a big consideration. Yeah, I see this a lot right now. And there are certain synth DIY projects that use a Teensy 3.2. And you kind of want to tell people, hey, don't go and get your PCB and, and all your bomb for that and think that you're going to easily grab a 3.2. Because I think yeah, actually, that, that, the 3.2 is a particularly tough one. The 4 is yeah. available. We have some in stock. Mm -hmm. and we have some 4.1s. Yeah. Um, but the 3.2, it's one of those things where, um, ironically, if a chip is slightly old, it's like there's this, there's this like, um unhappy valley of like if it's yeah. really old nobody uses it if you can get it yeah and that it's really spot. new they you know they put it into the market so they want to make sure it's available but if it's just a couple years right. old um it's really hard to get yeah. so the rp24 is great it's new and so like um you know raspberry pi even said like we have like two billion you know dies ready to be packaged because yep. we ordered them and we still have them in stock and i will say also i too love the m4 feather but this one has USB-C, and I love USB-C on yeah. the RPG port, and we've got the STEM QT on there, so there are a couple of advantages there. Yeah. Um, so if your project can use it, it's a, it's a pretty happy board. There might be a Feather M4 coming out with USB-C, by the way. Might be. There might um, be a new, right. a little bit of a respin. All right, yeah. and uh, tomorrow, folks can tune into your workshop. Yeah. Okay. okay, thanks so much, UV. All thanks. right, thank you. Bill B, paint your dragon. What is going on? Oh my God. Um, well, speaking they'll be designed the case for that Neo trellis. That's right. I did. That was like a thousand years ago. It was exactly it was a thousand years ago. ago Happy one thousand year old birthday yeah. to you. <laughs> it was it was like grown like a crystal. Anyway, speaking of uh, M4 SAMD51 being in short supply, um, I've been working on the LED matrix code, and I got it working on the um, ESP thirty two S three feather, and that might seem like, hey, you know, big deal because that's not a big deal, Phil. It's just like the S two, right? Yeah. So what? Why? Um, why? Why are you even here? Yeah. So <laughs> we've got this library that works like the same on like six or more different chips, same code, 
And a weird thing happened when we got to some of the newer ESP32s. Um, it was really slow. And it turns out, like, you have this super fast CPU, but then the, the GPIO toggling is, like, there's this bottleneck there. And it ended up being very flickery. And so everyone's, well, like, doy, the ESP32 has this I2S parallel peripheral thing. Just use that. And... I keep trying to tell people on the S3, it is, it's not there. It's gone. It's gone like Alderaan. So there's, there's a new <laughs> peripheral. It is a dedicated LCD controller that kind of does the same thing, but it's a new peripheral and there's no examples for it. And yeah, I've been like asking around, like anybody, can you like walk me through this new, like, no, nobody has info on this peripheral. So I figured it out on my own, and now when people go around asking, how do you use this new peripheral, they can look at this code and say, okay, that's how you do it. That's um, right. So anyway, uh, that's coming to the, the ProtoMatter library, and uh, CircuitPython in turn relies upon that code as well. Um, for the ESP32 S3 driving an L LED matrix like this. Yay! You know, you know, in the movies, like there's always like the crazy old man who's like, "Oh yes, Bigfoot, I've seen him myself," and like everybody thinks he's like, "Yeah, he's just a crazy old man." Yeah, and it's like, that's me with this LCD peripheral on the ESP S3. It's like everyone's like, "No, Phil, you're 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 crazy. That doesn't exist." And I'm like, "Oh, so that's an LCD peripheral. I've seen it." <laughs> At least it's not like the the guy who warns you about the pet cemetery, like, oh, don't go up to that pet cemetery. And then, like, you know, the I don't want to ruin the movie, but uh, it doesn't work the out. They get a pet cemetery. Um, that's cool. Um, I do I have a, a related story to your efforts. I remember uh, a while ago, and I'll leave out the, the chip, the board, the, the companies and all that, but someone said, I want to buy the following board, but I'm not going to until I see it in the Adafruit store, because I know that you'll do code and tutorials for it. <laughs> and, and they were waiting, because they're like, I don't want to do all of that work. So I'll wait until you're stocking it. And if you never stock it, I know it's probably not Nar ever gonna narrator, happen. Narrator, we never stocked it. <laughs> so- um, was it, The chip wasn't worth the effort. Yeah, so, so that's, so I do, just as a, uh, a bit of thanks, thank you everyone who supports buying hardware from us because we spent a lot of time on, on doing this and this is, and, and, and you could see uh, where it goes and, and uh, who's working on it. Do you it. know how many pizzas Phil B had to eat to write this code? I mean, yeah, it's two. Two. Yeah, you put pizza in and you get code out. It's not a lot, but it's more than uh, one. I, I don't mean to actually sound bitter about that. I'm kidding around. I'm actually like really excited to have this working and I hope people do learn from it because yeah. It is a very tricky new peripheral, and it can do some cool stuff. So. In, in future, Phil V will be like Googling around for something. He'll be like, oh, this is a cool example. Oh, wait, it's the one I wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of like SPI DMA, and there's like, you know, I2S is basically SPI, really, um, yeah. with, the, with, one, with one clock alternate. But I, what I think is neat is this has a latching. You can control the latch as well, which is, yeah. which is neat. I'm not using that in this code, but it is there. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Shout out to the Espresso folks. We just met with them recently. We've been corresponding. They've been very helpful. All right. Thanks okay. for the glowy update. All right. Light up your dragon. Next up is John. John, your camera is now on and your mic's on. How's it going, John? What you got? Good. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay. So this is my second time on Show and Tell. So nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Well, I can see you. 
um, so I just wanted to show uh, a kind of a fun idea I had just uh, last week. Um, a while back, I bought the these uh, geo boards for my kids. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah, remember these. Yeah, with the pegs and the rubber bands and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I had a random idea, you know, take EL wire, kind of loop it around them, make like oh, glowy yeah. shapes. Yeah. But but uh, I couldn't. The the bend radius on these is horrible, right? So you yeah. want it to be tight on the on the pegs. So my new idea that I came up with was um, make a bigger one. Use a pegboard, right? Ah, funny. Oh, that's a good idea. So, uh, yeah, let me just turn off the lights. That's really cool. I made like a little robot here. Yeah. And yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that, that's neat because kids can. It's constrained at the same time. Um, you can make interesting shapes out of it, and you can play a game like, "What is this? What is this shape? What is this thing?" Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. So I I, I showed this to my kids. Uh, probably last week, and I just just went at it, just started making all the kinds of random stuff. It was a blast. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to show that off. And since I have it on two separate uh, things here, I can do cool stuff like. Uh, oh yeah, you can have some of them can blink, some of them can do things. It's almost like making your own little neon sign without the, <laughs> the problems. With yep. Neon. Yep. So. Anyways, that's the the, it looks it looks pretty. Right. I like it's like it, a smooth, but it looks it has a little bit of character yeah, to it. Good work, John. If you if you happen to take a photo or if you post this anywhere, uh, you can drop me a PT at adafruit.com. This is a neat one because folks can just pick up some meal wire, and they probably have that pegboard board somewhere. We could do a blog post or something so other folks can uh, can do this. Good for kids and adults. Oh yeah. So, anyways, just wanted to share that. So. All right. Good work, John. Right, thank you. Thank you. See ya. All right, that's our show and tell this week, right on time. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us here. This is our favorite half an hour of the week every single week. We're here at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time every single Wednesday, or one of the Adafruit team members. Um, have a happy rest of your week. We'll see you on show and tell in just a couple minutes. Five minutes. Bye, All right, see you in a couple. <laughs>